Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming to you out of SideQuest Studios, this is The Simpsons Index, episode 212. Hello out there, I'm your host, Elliot J. O'Neill, and it brings me great pleasure to tell you that when I say we're coming out of SideQuest Studios... We're coming out of SideQuest Studios! All of us are coming out of SideQuest Studios. (laughs) I can slap Elliot if I want to. (laughs) Well, you have to reach a bit, you are I mean, yeah, I'm still lazy, but no. Anyway, the the slappy in question is BT Calloway. Hoi hoi! And joining us, coming all the way over from a beautiful... Beautiful Adelaide to depressing, disgusting, <laughs> gross, yucky Sydney is Christopher Bond. Hi! <laughs> and thank you for joining us for The Simpsons Index. This is a podcast where we watch and review Simpsons and they come from different decades. Most of the time it's three episodes, today it's two. Why? Fuck you, who cares? <laughs> um, so- Get used to it, this is our future. Yeah, and this is a very special episode, not only because this is the first fucking podcast that we're not doing yeah. over Zoom. Yep. We're all in the same room. Yep. Interstate guest. Fuck, there's so many things. There are rainbows so and feelings. unicorns just flying around the room. It's a special day, people. It really is. Um, but also today, we're doing the first episode from a new season for mm-hmm. us. So we're starting out with the season 33 episode. And then the next episode we'll review will be the last season six episode we'll be Ooh. reviewing. Wow. I think it's the only time on the podcast that's going to happen. So many things are happening in this episode. Yep. Mark it in your... Whenever you listen to this, mark it in your calendar. Yeah. Yes. This is the day you listened to this mm-hmm. podcast. And keep that calendar. Your children will ask you. you yeah. Know. Where were you? Yeah. Where were you? So that when you go through with your children and their children through your stack of calendars. Yep. That everyone keeps, obviously. Of course. It's not digital. It's a physical thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> we're normal people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, thank you as well for joining us today, Chris. It's an mm-hmm. absolute pleasure. It's a delight to be here. I love being here. Well, I've never been here, but <laughs> I, know. I, I love being on the podcast and I love the podcast. So yeah. it's, it's great to be on. And that's the thing which you mentioned, you know, um, you guys uh, at home, wherever you are listening to this podcast, have heard Chris on the podcast mm. a bunch of times and we've hung out with Chris a bunch of times. Oh, yeah. This is the first time we've hung out in person. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for a podcast award and yeah. it's great to be podcasting moments before going off. It's excellent. Yeah. It's weird to think that I've, you know, we've killed each other in Among Us and yet never met. <laughs> Honestly, if I feel like we have, though. Yeah. yeah, killing yeah, someone in Among Us is a real bonding activity, <laughs> a real show, yeah. a re- revealing of who you truly are. Oh. Yes, not only killing each other, but killing each other with laughter yeah. and friendship yeah. oh. and murder. <laughs> Most importantly, murder. But yes, uh, I was just about to say you should go vote for roll to cast in the listener, uh, but that'll be bit, over. Bit That's bit <laughs> the awards tonight. But but you can celebrate with us if we won mm-hmm. uh, yes. our best fiction award, and obviously if we didn't win that. You, dear listener, are indignant with us. Yeah. Join me in that indig- indignation. Yep. But listen to Roll to Cast. They've just started their sixth season doing mm-hmm. The Witcher at the moment. Yes. Easily one of our best seasons, if not our best season. So I'm mm. su- I'm genuinely so excited for people to listen to Roll to Cast season six. It's going to be amazing. Even, even listening to episode zero, I'm like, oh, I'm excited. Yeah. Mm. And we have a new composer on as well. So it's, yeah. it's all cool things happening. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 
Um, and yeah, go follow them on Patreon and toss a coin to them. Oh. I've been sitting he on that for so long. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's hook into the review. We just watched season 33. God, that's fucking weird. Mm. Episode 8, Portrait of a Lackey on Fire. First released last month, November of 2021. It was directed by Stephen Dean Moore. And another first, written by Rob Lezebnik and his son, Johnny Lezebnik. This is the first time that a parent-child writing combo has been on The Simpsons, so that's a little special as well. In this episode, Homer matches Smithers up with uh, Michael DeGraff, who ends up being... uh, um, seemingly a nice tycoon but ends up being just a regular kind hey what do we think hmm yeah, mm. i have thoughts I'm, I'm still articulating them properly but actually kind of good mm. <laughs> yeah for someone who obviously doesn't keep up with i say this <laughs> obviously doesn't keep up with <laughs> contemporary <laughs> simpsons for someone who doesn't keep up with contemporary simpsons this felt like a modern enough version of a classic simpsons episode mm. in that it had a personal story mm-hmm. with a extras character smithers dealing with the moral thing yeah that seems like it's got all the ingredients for a classic simpsons episode mm. and whilst it didn't feel like a classics one necessarily maybe but it definitely felt like a contemporary one yeah i gotta say because like we keep saying when simpsons want to tackle you know quote issues easy mm. episodes, i don't know where they're trying to like when they're very obviously playing their hand and especially this one where they're very clearly pointing at themselves going look how woke we are now yeah, yeah. i did write down immediately okay are they gonna fuck this up and to their credit i don't think they did but they're like my main point on this one is halfway through i'm like okay this is kind of a nice story for smithers they're nice you know they're giving him something after so long of being shat on by everybody but there's no real conflict. There's nothing really story-wise. And then they introduce some conflict. But, oh, okay. Um, yeah. Wow, I, I'm kind of impressed. Well, it was actually one where I, I quite like the writing, but I think the performances let it down, to be honest. Like, oh, I yeah. think just a lot of the voice acting oh, was man. just a bit woeful. Everyone sounds so old and tired. And like we've said it so many times. Marge sounds like a blender. Yeah. And even Mr. Burns just sounds off. And he is, like, unquestionably the best character on the show. So to have him sound poorly is very kind of depressing. Yeah. Oh, like, and it's Mr. S- uh, Mr. Smith. Mi- no, Mr. Burns has always been like, um, you know how you're learning to talk again in person? Yeah. yeah. Um, I've been talking to people through Zoom for fucking weeks now. Um, like, if you want, I'll just hold up like a cardboard screen around my face. <laughs> would you? And uh, it'll just occasionally lag and drop out. And, and also click the touch up your appearance button. <laughs> uh, ouch. But zing. <laughs> I'm such a bitch. Um... <laughs> Uh, Mr. Burns, you know, he's always meant to be, you know, senile and old and stuff, mm. but, like, not this old. No, tired is the right way to describe it. Yeah. I was thinking something's, like, obviously they sound, like, older, mm. but voice actors don't have that kind of flexibility, but tired yeah. is the right attitude. It doesn't feel that they've steered into the qualities that being older as a performer has. Mm. Like, it's like, uh, you know, all of those lower registers and those maybe glottal fry kind of qualities or anything like that they aren't choices they're just conditions that are put on the voice actors having to struggle through rather than it being a quirk or a development of the characters or the voice actors steering into it Mm. yep yeah or or it was just everyone was slowed down by 15 percent. it just had mm. that quality to it yeah because the episode did feel short as well which is a weird thing but Mm. Yeah, and, and it's a shame because, like, we often talk about, you know, would I like this a lot more if this was 
another show that was written exactly the same. It just yeah. it happens to have the Simpsons skins on it, so there's a certain precedent that's already been set. And I don't know. I think yeah, to your point before, Chris, it, it feels like a modern Simpsons certainly, but yeah, I don't think they whiffed it entirely. Mm. No, it's not offensive. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> right, like <laughs> that's a good start. Yeah, there we go. Tick. Well, no one's standing outside with a torch and a pitchfork. Well done. Yeah, <laughs> and we didn't get roan at the yeah. end of it. Yeah. No, that, that's right. No, in fact, at the end of it, I went, oh, come on, that's just lovely. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's the other thing that's worth mentioning is that, yeah, Johnny Lezebnik, um, yeah, I'm is sorry. an... Johnny Lezebnik just sounds like a made-up name. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a gangster name. Yeah. Hey, Johnny Lezebnik. I'm pretty sure you said that for Rob Lezebnik, because... Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that we got a trend going of fictional people. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, Johnny's an out-and-out gay man, and... Um, yeah, it's sort of this episode, you know, I wanted to do this one especially now because it is doing the rounds on mm. social media and stuff and it feels like an important milestone for the Simpsons oh, yeah. in a couple of ways. It feels like they're trying, like yeah. genuinely trying. And uh, Maybe the biggest criticism you could level on this one is that they're maybe stepping a little too lightly. There's a certain aspect I'll discuss in what stood out to me, for better or worse, All when right. we get to that. Well, we'll start with Chris, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. For what sure. stands out to you, for better or worse? Yeah, uh, this is interesting. This is the second... Simpsons indexed episode about third mm. third one where yep. we've talked about gay character moments where I've been on it thank you for being our uh, <laughs> our to- correspondent for these sort of issues to- token qu- no it's great yeah. uh, no. <laughs> it's been you and David Malloy yeah no, hey, it's David. Great. hey David um, no so that's interesting because I've got the comparisons mm. and there's three including this there's homophobia yeah which is season six seven eight, eight. six seven it's eight I think Five, One six, of those. seven, eight. Like, everyone just yell your answer at your <laughs> podcasting device now. Now. <laughs> Vote okay, now on your you. phones. Thank you. Uh, and then there's the one where... What is it? Um, uh, Abe has the Abe, flashbacks. That's right. Abe um, has a flashback. Oh, my God. I've made you do four now, then. What was the third? What's the other one, then? Uh, Flaming Mo, where Mo rebrands his bar as a gay bar. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Wow. Oh, yeah, because I was thinking about all your solo ones, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right, the one where we got all the bearders that's on. That's right, yeah. Cool. So those all filter in, yep. and this one is, was it Was it season eight? It was season eight. Hey, look at that. Mm-hmm. And this one is not about homosexuality as an idea, mm. right? Like, it's a gay man wanting to have a relationship but that's it. It's yeah. just a relationship. The story is Smithers' relationship, not, not him how do being... we deal with this issue? Exactly. And yeah. so that's lovely to have an episode mm. about that. And I think that's a wise way of going about it, is not going, oh, we need to highlight homosexuality as an idea. It's like, no, no, that's all just establish that it's a relationship. Yeah. Because otherwise you're going to inevitably, like, like you say, fuck it up pretty hard in dealing with stereotypes or dealing with issues that really aren't their job to deal with because mm. it's it's you know the main characters aren't gay it's homer and marge and the kids so yeah yeah and, and i mean that's the sort of thing with homer's phobia in that it was more of like an issue that the 90s felt like they had to yeah deal mm. with and zero in like that and not just you know play it cool don't focus in too hard on just it be they, cool, they're just people 90s. like just yeah be cool yeah but honestly. i mean yeah we all said that episode held up surprisingly well mm. and it's these yeah other episodes that we've fucking dug into which make such a whiffed point it. about it and mm. yeah whiff it so horribly oh god i almost forgot the fucking 
mad about the toy, the phone. It's a weird fucking ride. It super yeah. is. It's super. I got. I remember I got hot about that episode. Oh, yeah. I yeah. got mad. <laughs> Go listen back to that episode yeah. and then come yeah. back to this one. <laughs> <laughs> Just to hear me get real grumpy. Mm. Oh, no, and then yeah. get elated because, yeah, that was also the one we did. You only moved twice. Oh, um, yeah. Um, what a great episode of The good. Simpsons in X that yeah. is. Go listen to that episode. <laughs> and our lives. And our lives. Yeah, what a great moment in our lives. How about you, BT? What stands out to you from this episode for better or worse? All right. So, for reasons I feel like I understand, but oh well, we'll debate it anyway. Uh, <laughs> we get to see just a whole bunch of, uh, what's what's the Italian chef's name again? Luigi. Oh, Luigi. Luigi's mother, who just rants in Italian for a while, and you get from his response that she's saying some homophobic things, but it's all, no, mom, I'm love is love. And it's like, I can see what you, you're building a straw man in front of me and it's very <laughs> weird to see that happen and then later on she's speaking English just fine and is all like no I only thought I hated these people because I am secretly gay and it's like what what why are we I, I okay and now she's telling us how she humps a pillow yeah and yeah. it's like what? This is all, you're, you're the mother of a D character for starters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, just again, it's not the worst. It's just very weird to grind, almost grind to a halt to basically, yeah, watch a straw man being built and then burned. Yeah, that is a weird point and one moment where you could say, yeah, they whiffed it. And especially because, you know, Simpsons at this point now mm. um, have corrected, you know, the issue that was raised in the problem with Apu and they've, you know, replaced a lot of the white actors mm -hmm. that were voicing persons of color and, and this was clearly tress mcneil like doing her italian just babbling impression like mcneil famous italian last name there oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> malta benny um <laughs> but yeah and if it wasn't her i'd be surprised because like this sounded exactly like the signoids in futurama you know the mm. cockroach creatures hey, that build the pizza place absolutely yeah. it did yeah, and you know, I, and I remember you guys saying that on Shut Up and Take My Podcast as well, that that part of the episode was a bit, yeah. yeah. And this is, yeah, the same, and it's mm. just like, ah, yeah, I, I wish they didn't include it. It's just, just an odd moment, and I wasn't sure how I was supposed to take it. It felt like them going, this is old Simpsons, represented by this old woman who you're not going to see ever again, but this is us now, where everyone is immediately accepting and totally okay with this. I'm like... I mean, it's better than having someone being shitty about it, I guess. But also, it just mm, it, it feels like they're high-fiving themselves. Yeah, mm. you don't need it. It's yeah. like, if you're going to build a straw... Like, if you're going to deal with that issue, mm. why not actually deal into it? Please don't, Simpsons, don't yeah, ever do that. Yeah, you've not historically you, done well with you, it. I'm, no, yeah, the gay community collectively says no. And I'm yeah. representing them here in this, <laughs> in this very one particular instance. But like like you say, it's a straw man that doesn't need mm. to exist there. Yeah, yeah. and your, their way of proving that's not them anymore is to just do this episode and do it right yeah that, like that'll succeed by existing yeah that's what stands out to me Elliot, what about you what about me what stands out to me for better or worse i will say i thought that they sort of got smithers together with this guy a little too quickly and easily mm. like yeah all of a sudden it's uh, they're having dinner and, and my note there was easy peasy dinner at luigi's hey um, <laughs> i like rhyming notes yeah <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part it was yeah kind of sweet and yeah. i actually 
you know, even though I thought Harry Shearer's performance as Smithers in this one was just a bit tired, I thought he had a pretty good rapport with Michael and it, mm. that sort of came through on the page. And I think it does have a lot to do with uh, Victor Garber, one of the uh, guest stars for this episode. Uh, B just got the I don't know who that is face. No. Um, he is just, he's a wonderful actor. He's the kind of person that you see his face, you know. About, oh, that guy from Things. I know yeah, him from Things. He, he was in Titanic, uh, that guy. Oh, that guy from Things. Yeah. I know oh, him from I know things. him. Yeah. yeah. He's in Things, yeah? Yeah. He's just been in lots. Like, yeah. He's also in Legends of Tomorrow as, uh, uh, fucking, what's his name? Heatwave. Him and a younger person combine together and make the superhero Heatwave. That's wild. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Is the, it a good show? Oh, fuck no. Oh. <laughs> the CW but, superhero shows are a fucking... Just think of a movie with a stern father figure. It's him. Mm. <laughs> oh, 30 Rock. He's the wool guy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> very, very wool. wool. <laughs> that just clicked for me. Sorry, I'm so excited about that. But I mean, yeah, he was fucking great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm. I think you're right in that you buy this relationship, and especially when he's you know identifies Smithers as being you know intelligent, quick witted kind of guy. It's like, oh yeah, Smithers is kind of he's because he's always the whipping boy. You kind of forget that yeah, he's a sharp dude. Yeah. yeah. I also liked that it like they did get together really quickly, but also it was done under the guise of like a, a complimenting a like the transaction and mm. and kind of like social coding, yeah. which is not you know it was quick and fast, but it was also a little cheeky, which yeah. was nice. Mm. Maybe Homer not watching it would have been nice, but like. <laughs> Yeah, see, that's going to be my note for worse here is that I think Homer was just a little too involved and mm. like too much self-pride around, ooh, I'm a gay matchmaker, hooray for me. And then from then on, Marge's like dish, 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 mm -hmm. like really didn't feel Marge to me. But No, I like it as a concept because every now and then we find out her obsession with like trash TV. So the mm. idea is she mm. knows this... Um, What's the Project Runway style import yeah. show? That's fine because, again... America's got fabric. I, I did, did like yeah. that. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the idea that she's got that side to her and is like, oh, dish. Um, but they do maybe lean on it a bit too hard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, to the point where she's sort of crawling over the car and yeah. just like leaning into Homer and it's like, damn it, Matt. And especially, yeah, Julie Kavner, mm. oh, I am man. so sorry. Oh. Please let that woman just retire. Let her rest, <laughs> please. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, from the recent years, yeah, Simpsons characters can be replaced and it's no big deal. You know, we had Alex Dessert as Carl in this episode again. Um, but I'll yeah. Just find ways to be like, oh, season 34, Marge takes up mime. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, if they were to replace any of the core cast, I'd say a lot of them would be irreplaceable. But mm. at this stage for Julie Kavner, for her sake. It just makes me feel so sad every time I hear it. Yeah, yeah. legit. And I was talking about this with a friend of the show, Diana, the other day. Hey, Diana. You know, we were talking about the concept of, you know, The Simpsons replacing the voice cast and like how long's the show going to go for. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I just hope it doesn't get to the point where they have them AI programmed, which is yeah. a very real possibility. And I'm like... Oh, God. There would be enough material. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Easily. Shit. And then it's just robots writing everything. And that's how the robot ri uprising starts. Yeah. In the entertainment. Because then she soon. sent me a clip of, like, the Homer GPS that was built from AI. And it's mm. like, oh, God, this is, like, really scary. Anyway. Oh, God, how much information do they have on us? <laughs> 212 podcasts. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just saw a Spotify wrapped. We put out, like, yeah, over 2,000 minutes yeah. of how long fucking till content. There's a like, GPS. Yeah. It's just me going turn left here. Oh, hoy hoy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wackiness. How was the wackiness in this episode? Visually wacky. Yep. Oh, yeah. Visually wacky. 
I really enjoyed the uh, the plaid lake. Mm. That was very nice. Uh, but not just that one. There was a uh, glitter. Yeah, the uh, glitter smoke. cloud yeah. that the birds fly into and just bounce as a continual cloud. Tumbleweed down the road. That was excellent. I think that was our biggest pop of the episode, oh, yeah, that one. It was one. just so unexpected because everything had been so happy at this point that I'm like, uh, I guess he's going to also be eco-friendly and this is all. there's not going to be any conflict. Oh, wait, there is. Oh, and those birds are rolling down a hill covered yeah. in glitter. Yeah, I think I was it. I was waiting for the, like, Burns to have a problem with him, and I'm glad it didn't. Yeah, that's kind of what was my assumption as well. But mm. um, I, And the fact that Burns is actually like, oh, you're dating this guy, marry him immediately. Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah pretend so to be rich. gay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did actually quite like the back and forth where he's like, Smithers comes to me and says, I need to talk to you about my love life. Like, oh, who's like a lady? It's a man. Ah, yes, a lady. And yeah. he kind of keeps, he's like, his name is Michael. Ah, Michelle. Just kind of yeah. hearing what he wants to. Uh, yeah, I originally started out going, oh, where's this going? But mm-hmm. I thought they landed it in the end. I, I think so. It's it's also pretty like in the episode, they're going to construct uh, Luigi's mom as like a straw man for that. It's yeah. nice yeah. to have someone who's aggressively so set in their ways that they won't even try. And yeah. it's like, oh, they oh. can't even hear the words. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, the visual stuff as well. Like, I really liked the effect when Gil fell in the the houndstooth paint as well. Mm. It was that sort of weird thing where he moved, but the pattern stayed. Yeah. (laughs) I thought, yeah, like, it's easy to criticize the computer error of The Simpsons Mm. that it can feel a bit cold. But I think this is an example where they used it really well. Yeah, uh, I, I think so too. Corporate toxins should feel cold and alien. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also just the idea of the plant, the processing yeah. plant, uh, yeah. the fast fashion place uh, exploding and going Chernobyl style, um, yeah. ripped straight from the, the show. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was going to ask, have either of you seen that? Or? Yeah, it's real good. And they do some neat references here, but it's mostly just because the whole town goes black and white except for the smokestacks, which is spilling out rainbow glitter yeah. death. Yeah, that, that was quite nice. Yeah. And also the uh, sewing machines uh, mm. going up mm. and down as yeah, like the, the... the nuclear rods, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, right. It took me a second to kind of catch that one. I'm like, ah, oh, okay, I get it. Now. Yeah. yeah. So there were some nice little wacky visual nods, which I thought was cool. Also... One other wacky thing yeah. that we all commented on mm. was the fucking opening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yodeling who? Yeah. Yodeling with uh, potato stamps. Potato stamps. Yeah. Okay. It was quick. It was, you know, yeah. it was unusual. Like, fair enough. I don't <laughs> get the link. Neither do I. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. But that, I'm that... Irish, so I like potato. <laughs> and I, I like, because, yeah, I haven't thought about that in ages. Yeah, doing those potato mm. stamps in primary school or whatever. Yeah. Look, again, I, maybe it's some reference to, ah, uh, yes, that, that famous yodeler slash potato sculptor. But, um, <laughs> a, a massive member of the queer community. I can't, yeah. rem- I can't believe I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, hey, it was, even if it was confusing, it was quick. It wasn't, you know, five minutes of what the fuck is going on. No, that's Yeah, true. definitely. And yeah, like the whole, yeah, the fast fashion thing. I thought they did, you know, they didn't dig too deep into it, but mm. a decent commentary of, yeah, a modern problem as well. The- well yeah, I like how it mirrors the Springfield Tire Fire where they're just dumping out jeans and they just immediately catch fire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, talking like, yeah, the over-exaggeration of the environmental impact. And then, yeah, even commenting on taking on desperate and uh, lower class workers who, mm-hmm. yeah. And I thought it was a great use of those characters who... Yeah, have Again. always been the yeah the your gills and such. Yeah. yeah, who can often be yeah moment of cringe. It was like yeah you're actually felt for them when they yeah saunter into the bar just like exhausted and mm. I didn't like Barney going. I fell into the tie-dye machine. Cough. Yeah, uh, let me just pull out this pristine piece of paper to cough onto. Oh, it's tie-dyed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if he didn't set it up, if he just went, you know, yeah. I, I feel sick. Clack. Yeah, exactly. That's all you need. Yeah. 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 
All you need is love. Speaking of Beatles documentary out now. No, I'm moving on to the heart. How was the heart of this episode? I mean, it, it got there right at the end with uh, like I, even okay, when they introduced the attack puppies. I'm like, Smith is going to end up with one of these dogs. He even says, "I just want someone who loves me unconditionally." We'll be there at the end of the day, and then that's of course that's what they do. But it still works because puppies. Mm. Yeah. You know. It it was it was it was there. It wasn't absent, and it certainly wasn't like deep but it was present and yeah. uh it wasn't offensive there's some stereotypes and those are pretty okay because those are some pretty accurate stereotypes <laughs> <laughs> um particularly for the very wealthy in the mm. queer community mm. um and you know uh, yeah it was fairly all right i think just get a bit more smithers i think is good because again he's been around for so long and yet he's kind of unexplored yeah well i mean because that's the problem with smithers isn't it is mm. that him being closeted for... coming soon. It's the problem <laughs> with uh, but no, him being closeted and was often the punchline, which mm. you know got disappointing a lot of the times. So, oh, yeah. Like now that he can just be out and out is yeah a refreshing change for this character, and mm. and I think that's why it's sort of picking up momentum on social media at the moment because yeah he just kissed a man in this episode yeah. and like. And- it's not completely phoned in. You kind of get why they work, and he actually feels respected, and all these you know it's. Or again, attracted to a billionaire. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's something. And I like even at the beginning, we were just talking about the dating scene not being great because it's no one wants to commit, and he's a different guy. Yeah, I enjoyed the journey. Yeah. Again, I didn't like the whole oh, video of disco. How stew. it was done was not great, but yeah. the concept of it, yeah, it was I, was good. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. yeah, that's for sure. But yeah, the the other problem I had with the heart is like I, I don't know. I just. I didn't feel super betrayed uh, by the whole, you know, Michael's reveal of, yeah, being a tyrant at the end and, like, the emotional impact is all. And I don't know, maybe it's just because I didn't expect this to mm. remain I, a, a relationship. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I wanted it to be a little bit more because, you know, I did kind of expect, you know, you've worked for Mr. Burns for years and he's an evil tyrant. Why do you have such a problem? And I wanted him to be like, that's my work life, this is my love life, and that's a different thing. Mm. Yeah. Which kind of was there but not it's entirely in the, it's where you have him uh giving commentary to everyone in the town mm. that's where he should be next to smithers or smithers should be next to him through the whole thing and they should be a happy couple mm. rather yeah. than at the end of that scene where they're holding hands and that sort of thing like we need to see how good they are together yeah. maybe smithers gets a dig in at someone else's fashion after learning from him or yeah. smithers is next in line and instead of getting ripped into he gets a compliment mm-hmm. right and we go oh look he's a meanie fashionista but he loves his boyfriend amazing yeah, yeah. something there mm. But I mean, yeah, I guess from my perspective, at least anyway, it's just the build up of their relationship just sort of felt more story functional, less, mm. you know, I don't know, yeah, something that had great that's impact on it. going to be my big criticism on this one. There's not a whole lot of jokes. It is a lot of story function. But yeah. for the story function, it works for the most part. But ultimately, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Are these the characters we know and love? Is this the show we know and love? It's very modern Simpsons. It feels like Simpsons trying to turn a corner. Because, mm. you know, the last time we had Simpsons dealing with gay characters, it was, well, maybe not Homer's phobia. That was season eight, bloody hell. Mm. Um, but, you know, not being the most positive about it. So then for them to be all like, oh, we're totally accepting it. This feels like, but again, I appreciate they're trying to turn a corner, I think, is what this episode is. Sure. They're trying to be a bit different and make up for past mistakes by doing this episode. 
the in that sense, it feels like modern Simpsons or a new modern era, uh, postmodern Simpsons. Yeah, I am Simpson. No, it's crazy in this way as well because yeah, Johnny Lezepnik is in his early twenties. You know, he is younger than the show, and he's yeah. now writing for it. I mean, uh, good. That feels weird to think about. I know. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry about it that. Feels it feels weird. But it feels like The Simpsons. Mm. Yeah. Instead of it being, you know, because when we're on the show and when we're listening to the show, there's often like the modern stuff being slightly distorted and odd, right? It, yeah. it feels like an off-brand Simpsons. Yeah. This doesn't feel like an off-brand Simpsons. This feels like a spin-off. Mm. Yeah, sure. Not, the Smithers show, yeah. Yeah, like this feels like a different level of like a different show. Or like, you know, when Scrubs had that weird eighth season or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It Interns. That one, where mm. it should have actually been a spin-off, but it was a continuation as well. Yeah. Feels like that, where it's not quite right, mm-hmm. but mm. it's also not wrong. Yeah. yeah. It's not like a distorted, perverted, evil version where we often found it with modern Simpsons. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, aside from, like, I think Marge is the biggest character integrity break, and even mm. then, it's not a stretch. Like, mm. no, It's not a stretch to think that she's into this kind of trash TV, but there's just an easier way to lean into that without her being dish everything right now. Yeah. Cause they, especially because all the other times have been much more subtle. It's been like, oh, I don't usually watch this show. It's just that Sarah's waking up today, and she knows from her coma, and she knows where Diego's baby is hidden, or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah. You clearly do watch this show all the time, Marge, we know. <laughs> but yes or no, would you watch it again? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I would. I think I will. And episodes we'd like to watch again, we'd like to think about what playlist they'd go in. What are some of the Simpsons episodes that would pair well with this one? How the Simpsons has related to gay characters across the years. Yep. Genuinely, (laughs) I would binge watch all of them. It would be a very interesting dissection to go through. Yeah, absolutely. In timeline, I would love to see how that happens. Yeah. What that progression looks Mm. like. It's actually wild because recently we reviewed, yeah, Three Gays of the Condo, which just absolutely whiffed it and that was only like five or six seasons after homer's phobia mm-hmm. um and then yeah all the other ones i think we've done with you anyway so yeah. i think you have essentially binge watched yeah. them well i'm pretty sure on those ones we even said look get someone from the gay community to either write or consult on these things because like with homer's phobia that's what they did and it was a dramatic improvement mm. and here they did that and oh my god would you look at this it's a dramatic improvement yeah yes they're characters not caricatures yeah, that's nice. it. Ah. <laughs> points for that one points for that one uh i'd put it on the chris bond on the simpson index yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. Uh, but I saw us. I'd chuck it in the uh, uh, an episode with the hounds. Yeah. Mm. Oh, oh yeah, yeah the hounds. Sure. sure. Like when uh, they get Santa's little helper, mm-hmm. and yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> what's wrong with Hitler? <laughs> <laughs> I remember when he bagged his first hippie. That young man didn't think it was too groovy. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a fashion playlist? Do they ever do many fashion um, episodes? Wink. Um, <laughs> Thank let you. Me, uh, let me tel- uh, yeah, telepathically yeah. commune with Ellen. <laughs> there definitely is. Um, I just can't think of them immediately. Well, yeah, because we didn't like where Marge was a drag queen one. No. There's that one where Bart designs t-shirts for a bit. Oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's a good nod. I think that's our top episode from season Actually, 16. Actually, no, put it with the one where the kids have to wear uniforms. Ah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> got it at the same place where I got mother's dresses. <laughs> good Lord, she's in the park. Yep. They're uh, big and blinking in unison. Love also, that Also, that'd be good for the color palette, greys and yes. super colors. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, cool Simpsons rainbow moments. Yeah. 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 Chris, what would you like to change about this episode? Oh, always so much. <laughs> always, always. I would love to change... Like Marge being weirdly clingy about the whole thing felt unnecessary, mm. but I would definitely change their relationship. Mm. I would dive way more into them just being a couple 
mm-hmm. so that when the eventual betrayal happens, it's a greater payoff. Yep. Yes. It hits a little harder. It rather than having him pay that woman to sing Dancing Queen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and another guest star of this episode, Christine Peransky. Who was in Mamma Mia. Again, if you saw her face, you knew. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she sung off-key, I thought, actually. Did mm. she? Yeah. It was very first-takey, and the mm. fact that like they put so much emphasis on the first verse, yeah. it's like, it, yeah. it was weird. Very strange. Um, Yeah, I would, I would change that up. Basically, what I said earlier, I would have, instead of them hanging out at the... Barbecue out the out the back there, just hanging out. Um, mm-hmm. I would have yeah. a, I would have another scene. Yeah, and I think some of that you could safely shave off the top of the episode or mm. with the Marge stuff. Hey, and there's time to trim in this one. Yeah, absolutely, and just have them. We just needed another dinner scene where they're at Luigi's. Mm. Yeah. I think Luigi and uh, his mum have more screen time than uh, <laughs> Smithers and his new boy. Like, yeah, sure. legit in that scene. Um, yeah. And that's all you need to do is just flip that focus. Yep, absolutely. Mm. How about you, BT? Yeah, just cut the whole Luigi's mum thing. I don't know why it's there. It's Well, no, sorry. I do know why it's there. And you don't. Just cut that. Uh, and then just tighten up your dogs for the rest of it. There's plenty of time that you can just take out here and add to more important weight things punch in some jokes it feels like it's very again i take this as an episode where the simpsons is trying to turn a corner and i do appreciate that it also kind of feels like they're stepping on eggshells a little bit trying not to make a misstep but that's part of turning that corner i think is being very careful so i don't know but you know give me some laugh laugh come on yeah i think all that i've sort of mentioned a few things that i'd change in the course but like the one thing that we haven't circled around again yet is I don't like the Mr. Burns puzzle thing. I think it's dumb. I think it's yeah. it's too dumb for Mr. Burns. I, it keeps him out of the episode, which is, you know, it's function. But Yeah. And I almost like it, which is, you know, but no, it doesn't land. But no, I feel like that's the thing. It's kind of like the crab people thing. Just why not he's distracted with a puzzle? Like, it's just, it's too stupid. Like, Mr. Burns isn't that dumb. And like, that's just my main point on that. Yeah. Give him something modern. Yeah, mm. to double down on the fact that uh, he's out of touch. So give him a video game. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, he's playing like Pong. Yeah, <laughs> legit. Like give him an out of day video game. He's playing yeah. Tetris and he's like getting really good at it. Yeah. He did play Pac-Man that one time where he's oh, like, yeah, that's yeah. Right. Uh, kiting the ghost and he's like, now the tables have turned. <laughs> yeah, give him that again. Uh, mm. It makes him out of date. Give him Mario or something. I don't know. <laughs> he becomes a speedrunner. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Time for our final notes. Now it's time, and now it's time for our final notes. Everyone's final notes. Uh, Chris, do you have any other episodes you want to mention before we rank this thing? Um, Other notes, I really enjoyed... I had a laugh-out-loud moment with Homer in his head saying, mm. your last girlfriend was a boy, mm. and then saying it out loud. I don't yeah. know, something about the delivery was, or the timing of it was was very funny. Yeah, um, I, I got enjoyed that. That. I Just that one too. Putting it together in his head is like... <gasps> This perfect opportunity has fallen into my lap. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was it was cute. I also the the best moment, best joke. Mm-hmm. Do you like my top? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. He seems nice. Yeah, he seems nice. Best, best, best. Uh, that's just a very nice, very smart visual gag and and nice writing there. Loved mm-hmm. it. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I could have sort of taken a leave all the you know his comments about you know Helen Lovejoy, Patty and Selma, and Benice and whatever. Exactly. It's all just like yeah, bitchy fashion stuff, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, they did literally ask for it. They say, oh, we love your oh, zingers, could you? And they were into it, and yeah. there was something about that that sort of was like, okay, yeah, this is just happening. But yeah, to finish it off with that yeah. Lenny bit was wonderful. Definitely didn't say that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, oh, just in that scene, though, I think I could have done without Lisa's whole thing, because like, it felt like her involvement in the story mm. wasn't fully fleshed out. 
I think that was entirely Yardley Smith has a contract to speak a certain number of lines per episode, and this was ticking that box. Yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. Right. <laughs> also, felt super weird for her to be the voice of reason after being tricked just moments ago. Yeah, be like, oh, flip reverse. Why did we have to do that? Just have Lisa be like, no, fast fashion is bad mm. from the get go. And then go to the place. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you you just knew that immediate turnaround when he designed a dress out of a tablecloth was coming. It's just mm. it didn't do much for me. Yeah. Uh, was uh, did you have any other notes? Uh, I just loved the the teens with the laser pointers. That yeah. was fun. <laughs> this is why people don't fly over Springfield. <laughs> anymore, very cute. Yeah. Uh, uh, two more. Homer clocking in mm. when he's getting bitten by the yeah, dogs. I do. Yeah, that was that was very fun. Uh, I'll just jump on that one. I liked him clocking in and then the dogs all just wait. And then once he's punched in, they leap on him. I didn't like the next scene where they're pulling Marge is pulling teeth and Mm. bleeding everywhere. It's like that went from very cute to very distressing. (laughs) I really liked it, Uh, but I totally get why. Uh, Yeah. And the one I'm going to end on a downer, Uh, a bad, a bad vibe. The dogs at the start regarding Mm. gender. Yeah. One who hasn't decided. Cool. Uh, what's that about, boys? Uh, two cis male writers. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I got a, I had a rep for my trans community friends out yeah. there. They were like, um, got to get the trans in there somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> and that's not the way to do it. What's yeah. that about? Um, yeah, my uh, my boyfriend is trans, and so uh, mm, mm. yeah, it's. It's surprising because, yeah, it's just, uh, I, I just get, I've got no time for these sort of lazy non binary jokes. And it's like, yeah. people's like, oh, this is a new thing. Let me make a joke about it. And it's like, mm. it's very uh, attack helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> it's very that. And I'm like, I, because there's no, anyway, you know what? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And if you don't know the story of I identify as an attack helicopter, look it up. It's, yeah, weird. you've never been on the internet. <laughs> 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 Not deep enough. It's, yeah. 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 Uh, how about you, BT? Any other notes? Uh, let's see. Once again, we get a forklift violation because whoever's parked outside of Burns's <laughs> greenhouse, it has the tines raised, but the forklift is parked. It is settled. That's come on, God, it's easy. Uh, what else we got? That's here? been BT's forklift corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Was that Bur- you resetting the tines, making sure they were down? Yeah, down. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Burns hates art. He just keeps it to keep, make sure it doesn't go into a museum. So, that was okay. a fucking amazing Nice. Line. I did quite Very like that good. one. The only puzzle line I did like where Mr. Burns decides to sort them by weight. I'm like, okay. For yeah. some reason, that one got me. I agree. Mm-hmm. It's nice to date someone who didn't once trap door a troop of Girl Scouts because they were out of Thin Mints. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I love those, those sort of drive-by jokes that they don't yeah, linger on. Exactly. And then when, you know, he's revealed to be kind of an evil guy instead of, you know, actually has he excellent import of exquisite mm. like okay that's that works mm. and uh then there's something pouring out of like one of the smokestacks and smith is like is that acid he's like no that's molten sports bra yeah. <laughs> like, i don't know that got me oh yeah what was the other one like 10 percent of the ocean is now spandex and yeah, so, it'll, so it'll, it'll fit the world oh yes i have a uh claire's did you ever notice this corner we, we've updated. Is this the rebranding we're, of Jordan's anal corner? We're, we're modern now, apparently. Uh, <laughs> like the Simpsons. Yep. Yes. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of oil barrels on Mr. Burns's front step, and then the next shot, they're gone. I noticed like, that. Uh, yeah. Well, are these magical oil barrels? <laughs> are we supposed to believe they can teleport? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, also uh, weird to do the reverse shot just from an animation point of view. Like, why yeah. would you shoot mm. that and then and then anyway. immediately in reverse shot? Yeah, Such exactly. a non-joke as well. Yeah. 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 Uh, my last one is just, yeah, you know, good old character assassin moment of just have the character kick a dog. It's like, that's how they're evil. Yeah, that was sort of one of those moments where, like, 
the turn you know you already did the reveal of the fast fashion thing with him yeah. like justifying it just to have him randomly kick the dog was just sad well again that was the idea that smithers could maybe handle his evil from a business perspective but obviously this was like the personal perspective mm. that's the idea it didn't quite build well enough to make that pay off but you know i can see what you're doing and you know hey you want to make someone look good you have them save a cat you want to make them look bad have them kick your dog mm. yeah but yeah, I, man, that was so sweet at the end where you put a little bow tie on the dog. And yes. I was just, yeah. Oh, Dogs on. wearing clothes. Yes. <laughs> What's bad is, though, uh, Blinky wearing a zipper. Yeah. Again, the concept of, you know, nuclear power created Blinky, but fast fashion killed it. That was a good enough line. But then to have it, you know, he unzips Blinky and it's got like a some kind of bling falls out yeah. blinky oh is that why they i uh, know that was me and i'm sorry for everything i've ever done <laughs> but um and, uh, man sorry to again leave this on a negative <laughs> note but yeah, yeah my fair. only other note is michael's talking about that he's gonna manufacture fidget spinners and of course Chalmers is in the crowd and he goes spinners yes they just fucking had to yeah we remember when the simpsons was <laughs> Mm. yeah yeah all right it's time to rank this thing on the simpsons index we rank using our six point scale which starts down the bottom at failure maybe if the episode was just meh you give it a participant but for the positive rankings you got okay bronze good silver excellent gold but for the best of the very best the episodes which the simpsons could not exist without you give cubic zirconia i'm gonna go first let me show you how it's done Damn it. Uh, I'm chambered if you want some time. Nah, uh, I'm, I'm going with a bronze. Like, it was fucking close to getting a silver for me. Mm. And, like, I almost want to reward it for, like... Not fucking up. Not fucking up. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, the fact is, and I think you said it a few times, Beach, it's just, it's not very funny. Like, mm. there are a few jokes that I pop for, but, like, when I, when I try and think about other silvers, I just don't think it belongs... Uh, with them, but that's just me. What do you reckon, Beach? You said you were chambered? Yep, uh, same way again. Bronze. Look, I, I like enough of this. It's a coherent storyline. We get to explore an unexplored character. That's always good. Um, I think it handles most of it quite well. Yeah, it kind of lands. It could have been tighter, like just some parts, really fix some parts up. But, you know, other than that, if it had given me a few more jokes, yeah, I could have moved to a silver. But, nah, what's there? It's a bronze. All right, and Chris, finish it off, please. It's bronze. Hey. It's an okay episode. You know, it's there's better shows out there doing social justice stuff that mm-hmm. are dealing with political stuff, and they're doing it funnier and better. But this is the first time The Simpsons has done it in recent years where they've actually done it yeah. funny enough and well enough. It's not participation, I don't think. So it's sitting safely in bronze for me. Yeah. I would say it definitely moves above participation because it's trying. Yeah, yeah. and there are, there are obvious moments there where it's like uh, where the animation is clearly mm. far greater than participation. Yeah. You know, it's not lazy animation and it's not lazy writing. Absolutely. All right. That will be a unanimous bronze. And, you know, the first episode from season 33 to get that. And so it's already, on average, a better season than the last (laughs) fucking 15 years. So there you go. (laughs) Let's hope it continues. It won't. (laughs) You sound like you already know that. (laughs) No, I don't actually. And you know what? To be fair, a lot of people have been talking positively. There's a two-parter episode where Mm. they do a parody of Fargo with Flanders at the center of it. Lango. I think they call it a serious Flanders. They do. Yeah. yeah. But a few people I follow on Twitter have been talking positively about season 33, but this is the first one I've seen. We've got to try Mm. as much as we can to broach it with the positivity. That's it. Uh, But yeah, five years of doing this show is... uh, We've (laughs) learned lessons. Trained you wrong. There are some scars we can't just uh, undo. Yeah. 
All right, so yeah, that was the first episode of season 33 we're reviewing, and now on to the last episode of season six we'll review, which is called Round Springfield. Do either of you know what this is? Uh, it's where they develop the theory that Springfield is actually round, not flat. Ah. <laughs> the Round Earth Society. Yeah. <laughs> Those weirdos. Yep. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. And we are back, and we just watched a classic era episode, and my goodness, what a classic this mm. was. This was Season 6, Episode 22, Round Springfield. First released in April of 1995, it was directed by Stephen Dean Moore, with the story by Al Jean and Mike Reese, but the teleplay by Joshua Sternan and Jeffrey Ventimiglia. I'll get to that in a second. In this episode, you should all know this one. This is the one where Bleeding Gums Murphy dies. Spoilers and buckets a jagged metal crustio in his appendix. Mm-hmm. Hey, y'all, what do we think? Death! <laughs> Death! <laughs> guys, guys, that's just the podcast equipment. Oh, right. Oh, right. Death! Death! <laughs> oh, that, that was me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I call, my, I call myself in a oh, mirror. It's an amazing episode. Yeah. Oh, my God. What a great episode to mm. watch. This was, uh, man, sweet and fun and fucking yeah. weird a lot of the time, but so good. Yeah, yeah. A few little missteps, but overall, yeah. It, it's one of those ones where if you don't feel something by the end of it, check yourself, you dead. Yeah, legit. Yeah, so, yeah, just circling back to the complicated... Haha, uh-huh, circling. It, hey, <laughs> uh, Round Springfield, I get it. Yeah. I made a funny... Yeah, usually I just say written by, but this had four mm-hmm. credits and it wasn't written anyway. So what happened in season six was a very interesting thing. Where, you tell. Yeah, at this stage, Simpsons had a 25 episode per season order. Mm-hmm. And so to deal with the extra load, the Simpsons staff brought back Al Jean and Mike Reese, who had left the show to go work on The Critic. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so Al Jean and Mike Reese came back for two episodes to show run in this season, being this and... The episode that the critic was in, the Jay Show, Saris Burns Springfield Film Festival, and so the two writers as well, one-time writers for the Simpsons, but they were staff writers for the critic. Uh-huh. So yeah, oh, it's like okay. Al Jean and Mike Reese pitched the idea. These two, yeah. So I think this one does take a bit of an odd tone that does make yeah. it separate from season six in a lot of ways. And I've always sort of felt that, never known why. And I think here's your answer. Yeah, for something that has that many cooks in it, I'm impressed how well it does come together. Mm. So, it yeah. definitely feels like it's been... It's an episode of The Simpsons put through a filter. Sure. Mm. Like the critic filter, which is... Jumps back and forth between serious stuff and slightly irreverent, yeah. which is not unlike The Simpsons. It's just the tone in which it More does it. how they do it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that was just uh, an interesting bit of backstory. That, uh, I mean, I, did, I don't know if I knew that before. It's been a while since I did my deep dives into the Simpsons commentaries. But yeah, and coincidentally, those two episodes were also ones that didn't originally air in Australia when season six was new. <laughs> they were holdover ones. And I remember this as a kid because like, it was like a year or two later where they were advertising uh, previously unseen episodes of The Simpsons. And yeah, it was this one and the critic one, which was always weird to me because the critic one I get because the critic was a Channel 7 show mm-hmm. while Simpsons was a Channel 10 show. Why they held this one off, I do not know. Did they want to prevent kids from eating jagged metal crusty? I, I don't know. They didn't want to expose kids to the jazz. Yeah, uh, legit. <laughs> or, the, or the death. Yeah. Um, I didn't know the critic was on Channel 7. Yeah, yeah. yeah when it was first go. airing, yeah. Yeah, right. 
right. Because Channel 7 also made the smart play as well when Futurama was being optioned out. They mm-hmm. bought that. They uh, did. Took it from Channel 10, who then bought it, and then they sold them to 7 with The Simpsons later on. <sighs> mm. Australian what? TV politics, man. Honestly. I hate that, like, I know this. <laughs> <laughs> no, someone needs to. Yeah, yeah uh, there's just there's room in my brain One for other day, things. You're but... going to be an old man in front of a pie and go, and Channel 7 gazumped Channel 10 by stealing away <laughs> Futurama. More after the break. Death! Death! <laughs> Honestly, you'll be a historian for television yeah. for, for years to come. Yay. We need those. I, exactly. Particularly when television becomes a relic of the past. And when mm. we're doing holographic podcasts. Yeah. The way of the future. Uh, let's hook into this one. BT, for better or worse, what's a moment that stands out to you? Man, there's a lot, but I think the one I have to go with is the line that always makes me pop, which Death! is... Death! No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. I did have a good pre-chuckle when I realized that was coming up. But no, it's the one where uh, Bleeding Gums Murphy is just going through flashbacks of his life, mm. and he's like talking to the old jazz man. He's like, I've been playing for 30 years, and I never got anything out of it. Why don't you have my saxophone? Like, uh, this is an umbrella. I've been playing an umbrella for 30 years. Why didn't anyone tell me? We all thought it was funny. Yeah, that's not funny. That's the response of, that's not funny. Just as it's like, just dejected and jaw hanging open. That's not funny. It's so sad. Yeah. Like, it's yet, just... uh, there are so many bits of this that are incredibly sad and yet they're really funny. Yeah. Well, and then again, that... it's like the other Simpsons joke that we love where it's like, it implies a bigger universe. Yeah. Mm. Like them snickering around the jazz club and going, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Blind Willie uh, with a spoon is doing it again. <laughs> and then you followed it up with the, uh, that was until my 1500 a day, dollar a day habit it's like the Fabergé eggs yeah yeah god i remember not quite getting that when i was a kid and then growing up, oh is it a reference to cocaine but it's Fabergé eggs i actually i think ah. i've mentioned this on the podcast definitely before but i've always wondered with this scene if that is the real story that is bleeding gums saying that or lisa going what could cost 1500 or maybe him telling her i mean uh Fabergé eggs yeah sure <laughs> it's not really implied he just he's in an alleyway with a bunch of broken ones doesn't really <laughs> Explain. Maybe he just likes hearing them break. Uh. Yeah, yeah. I love the idea that you can consume a Fabergé egg. Yeah. yeah, like being like, I've looked at this enough. Time to destroy it. I need to get rid of just it. Crack it open and absorb its value. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> um, this was beautiful. Now die. Yeah. <laughs> Kill your darlings. <laughs> yep. But Chris, what stands out to you from this episode, for better or worse? I really love the kind of circular storytelling of Bart being the one who's mm. like. You were the one who believed me. Yeah. You were the one who believed when I was sick. And so yeah. I'm going to do you this favor. It's such a tiny, like genuinely, I forgot about it before I saw the moment when Bart is sick and everyone else is like, oh, go on, go on. And Lisa's like, no, no. I forgot that that was a plot point mm. completely. I was like, oh, that's what's going to, no, it just passed me by. And then when it came around, I was like, oh, of course it is. That's exactly why this happens. Yeah. And it's just such, it seems such an inconsequential moment, mm. but it's the, in this episode in particular, the attention to detail in, in writing, just generally, like Bleeding Gums Murphy saying, you'll knock him dead. Yeah. As is like last lines. Mm. Fantastic. What attention to detail that is. So it's mm. it's those sorts of moments, those little writing bits. Him giving that cough before he's like, ah, oh, I want you to take my saxophone for luck. And you're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's beautiful weaving of the A and B stories mm. in this episode to the point that you don't really know what is the A and B because like, it starts out with yeah. Bart and he like passes the plot baton to Lisa <laughs> who takes it and then they both sort of split off for a while and you then how really it comes together it to come at the back end. At all, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, honestly. But I mean, I, I guess it is kind of obvious when comic book guy marks the record to $500. Maybe yeah. that is signaling it a bit too hard. But I don't know. I kind of forget at that stage. That's how much money Bart got. 
Yeah. It, it also comes around really quick. The minute he marks it up, it's like next scene. Mm. He's, yeah. he's bought it and given it to her. It's well, so... next scene is Lisa chasing a bundle of money oh, that's, that's being true. trailed oh, by my... Mr. Burns. That's God. true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you're expecting it to... Where am I going to find this money? Here. Oh, my God. And he's doing the fishing line bit. Dry. So good. Dry. Dry. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but God, what stands out to me... Um, dee, 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 dee. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you studied jazz. <laughs> uh, I mentioned that on this podcast way too much. Yep, they know. Um, yeah. But no, I actually brought this episode today because uh, you are a saxophone. I am. Yeah. I am a saxophone. Yep. Um, a sousaphone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this as well. That was a joke that I always thought he was mispronouncing that. But no, sousaphone is like that big, like, fuck off tuba. Like the yeah. one that has yeah. to fully wrap around you. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm a, I'm a saxophonist. I, I don't get it out nearly enough. And also I should play my saxophone more often as well. Hey. Hey. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, yeah, I play saxophone. I like jazz and, and blues. So, nice. yeah. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Not as often as I should. Mm. And it's been been a bit, but uh, mm. yeah, yeah. But um, your fellow baby bearder Ellen is also a saxophone player, right? Yeah, Ellen is an alto saxophonist, and I, I play tenor. Alto is the higher one, the right? Smaller one, yeah, yeah, yeah. I should plays higher, <laughs> and then soprano above that, and uh, yep. yeah. Then there's a bass, a baritone saxophone. Yeah, right. not bass you know your satab. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Lisa's the baritone player as well, and so yeah, Bleeding Gums then gives her the tenor, which, and I think that was always like a source of comedy for them. It's like, yeah, let's give Lisa this tiny little girl a baritone saxophone. Yeah, this huge <laughs> fuck off thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I remember getting mine at school because I was tall. Oh right. They were like, "What? You're How, tall? You're, <laughs> literally, it was like, so what instrument would you like to play? I don't care. All right, well, you're tall. Here's a saxophone. <laughs> oh, there we go. Because. Yeah, that was the thing at my school because they had like, yeah, brass sort of chorus that they were putting together. And yeah, you could choose between trumpet, saxophone, trombone or... Um... Sousaphone? No, no sousaphone. Fuck. Flute, clarinet? Oh, um, yeah, I think it was clarinet actually, not flute. And there weren't any string instruments in it. But yeah, I picked trombone because like I knew we could get out of school for two hours a week. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't, I didn't really have an interest in music at this stage. I was just doing it to get out of school. But yeah, the line for saxophone was so long. Yeah. And yeah, at one point the teachers were like, hey, I know you guys like the Simpsons, but <laughs> kind of spread it out a bit. We don't have enough saxophones for everyone. Then re- someone was like, who wants to play a bass? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, the version of that, instead of Elvis Costello with a bass, it was, yeah, uh, Mrs. Whatever, with the trombone going, who wants to play trombone? Oh, and just speaking of the sax as well, all of the lines were played by Dan Higgins, who has just worked with everybody. Uh, He's like just a studio lifer, worked with like Billy Joel and Aerosmith and Steve Miller, just so many, just so many artists. Wackiness. How was the wackiness in this episode? I mean, we get introduced to Lumpy the Snake. (laughs) We do. We do. We get Jagados. Yes. <laughs> I just, like, how was Bart the only person to sue over this? <laughs> well, he was very lucky. Yeah. He got a uh, prize. <laughs> guess he was lucky that he got into surgery. Apparently his appendix was about to burst. Mm. Yeah, that was close. Yeah. Mm. Uh, what else? Oh, yeah, the guy who just follows him around with hot dogs. Get your hot dogs here. <laughs> He's putting my kids through college. That's so good. <laughs> That's a good line. The, the, yeah, these these sort of wacky moments are all this sort of... Like the gas. Yeah. <laughs> at the end. 
Why was this isolated to Chief Wiggum as well? Anyway. Seems like a bigger problem, but oh well. Mm. Uh, let's see. Puma has a tattoo of Starland vocal band that he doesn't like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so do you guys know Starland vocal band? Not at all. Afternoon delight. Oh, that's them. Uh, oh, where's the harmony? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't know that's what we were doing. Okay. Afternoon delight. <laughs> Had to resolve that one in my head. Yeah. Um, as well as Homer. As well. And when the sign says, do not feed the bears, you better not feed the <laughs> What the fuck? Is this alive? A bear just clinging to his arm. It's also a very small bear. Yeah. How yeah. long does he have I really this? like that. <laughs> like, I don't know if like this shit happened in a new episode, if I'd roll my eyes at it. Like, mm. I do wonder how much nostalgia is affecting yeah. me here, but this is fucking funny. Yeah. I think at that point, it's just so odd that it passes. Yeah, I, I mean, much like Lumpy as well, it's just, it feels like it's only there for Miss Krabappel to go, we've got a clause to... Second thing, yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah, it does go for the second bite with Chalmers and Skinner. Yeah, mm. and that's it, I do like the line of, uh, if you ignore me and I'm really sick and I die, you'll be on your fault, so read the school charter. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> no teacher shall be held accountable if Bart Simpson dies. Yeah. Oh yeah, and speaking of all that, that yeah, when all the kids visit Bart in the hospital, can we get our appendix out, Doctor? <laughs> sure. Nurse, prep these children. Yay! Like <laughs> I do love when they bring it back later. It's like, well, most of the orchestra is having their appendix out. <laughs> yeah. Here's Lisa Simpson, Martin Prince, and with a flute up his nose, Ralph Wiggum. Nice looking boy. <laughs> he does a pretty good job. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he he knows his cure. Like, yeah, he sure does. He's knows. on time. Yeah. And yeah, he's somehow making multiple notes despite <laughs> magic flute. What is this? As magic it, flute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, the butterfly. Oh, <laughs> no one suspects the butterfly. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of weird fantasies in this one as well. Uh, it's not exactly wacky, but Bart going, "What do I do with all this money? All on red, black, <laughs> cool." I do, lo- I do love the failure fantasies the Simpsons have quite often. Yeah. Yeah. That they're still okay with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, ah, well, I think my favorite might be, um, ah, my quarterback's damaged. You there in the bleachers. Get your le- hand off my le- wife's leg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the one we saw the other day as well is like Homer, like, with you working, I could finally go to the woods and be alone with my thoughts. God, I wish I brought a TV. <laughs> God, I miss TV. <laughs> Yeah, look, uh, there is so much wackiness to go over in this episode, but I think we can bridge the wackiness and the heart with the final scene, which mm-hmm. I wouldn't begrudge anyone if this kind of rubbed them the wrong way with the whole bleeding up Murphy emerging from the cloud thing. Yeah, it is very trite. but mm. I mean, by this point, the episode has earned it, in my opinion. But yeah, if someone's like, oh, that's so cheesy, it's like, you're not wrong. Mm. I, I think so. I also think that, because it's only from an eight-year-old's perspective mm. yeah. that that that's it what allows away, yeah. you to buy in. And the power of animation. Like, I, I was musing about it uh, when we were watching it. There's something so, like you say, trite and kind of conceited or, or corny mm. about having a character in the clowns talking and saying their last goodbyes, yeah. right? Like, that's a bit, okay. But when it's an eight-year-old and it's yeah. in animation it somehow reads and it somehow is you can forgive those moments yeah yeah as well and it's sort of i think shining a light on the triteness of it as well by bringing in the famous you know other things that have either emerged in clouds mm. or emerged in ghost form and of course they're all james l jones yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not actually james l jones but oh uh, and also where mafasa emerges he makes the sly reference yeah, yeah. i'll kimba never forget white... you kimba yep. i mean simba, simba. <laughs> I still haven't seen Kimber the White Line. 
I haven't either. Mm, no but I have has. seen The Lion King, so I might as well have. Yeah. <laughs> God, I've seen two different Lion Kings and I still haven't seen Kimba. Yeah. Did either of you catch the new Lion King? No. no. The live action one? Yeah. No, no. I, I dodged it, I think. Yeah. Did, I, did I dodge it? Oh, yeah. It's nice. soulless and terrible. Oh, yeah. good. I just I haven't seen any live action Disney just because I don't get it. Well, a person I was seeing at the time that they were all coming out in cinemas because we're yeah both Disney like, mm-hmm. especially the '90s fucking yeah, go- yeah. golden run of cubic zirconia Disney <laughs> movies. Yeah, yeah Disney and yeah, because I mean yeah, Aladdin and Lion King are up there with my old timers mm-hmm. and like yeah, we went to the cinema and saw both those and Dumbo and stuff, and they just all have this really cynical feel about them. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, oh god i could go about on this path for a while so i won't <laughs> different podcast yeah different absolutely podcast. oh i don't want to review them <laughs> yeah, get on like, good... I, I want to bitch about them for hours but also i don't yeah, go, just go to one good thing we have an outlet for this that's true uh, that's true i got a nice coffee mug from them the other day oh, oh good yeah so yeah the the heart of this episode personally i think it's a lovely moment at the end and mm-hmm. i do love the reprise of jazz man yeah, look, even the first part where, they, you know, they're just jamming together and Lisa's singing and they pick something that's actually in in Yardley Smith's key, 100%. which is essential because one of the big criticisms we had on the Lady Gaga one is she's singing so far to, out of her own comfort zone. Yeah, it right. sounds awful on top of everything else wrong with that episode. Uh, but no, they picked a good key for her. She's comfortable in it. It's actually moving. Uh, my only one real complaint on that first instance of singing Jazz Man is they stopped to have this... Barney relapsing into alcoholism bit. Yeah. And it's not that it's not okay. It's just like, why did you stop in the middle of this moment to have this bit? It's not related to anything. Yeah, it feels like they thought of, yeah, detox and retox and was like, ha, yeah. ha, ha, ha. But even then, it's like, it feels like they didn't have confidence in their own heart moment. Like, okay, we've got to throw a joke in there somewhere. Let's just grind to a halt and have this bit. It's like, but why? That's sort of what I mean when I'm talking about it feels like it's through the lens mm. of the critic. Yeah. yeah. Because in the critic from what I've seen of it, which is about, I think, all of season one and a bit of season two, uh, and there's only two seasons, so I've yeah. seen most, I guess I've seen most of it, is that not only do episodes not really resolve in a positive light or an optimistic light, they're kind mm. of cynical, jaded, New York-y feel. This feels like it would fit there. If you weren't intending to have the episode or these moments fully resolve in a kind of optimistic, positive moment, mm-hmm. as cliche and as corny as they can be, the, the safe bet throw a joke in there yeah deconstruct it have a man dealing with alcoholism haha <laughs> he's going out of detox into retox like mm. that's a safe way to get out of feeling like you need to uh navigate this young eight-year-old's mm. uh emotional rela- yeah emotional journey with her idol who's dying yeah which is weird because i thought they were already striking that balance with like all the people in the hospital mm. jamming out to the jazz thing like yeah the person who throws away his crotch so yeah guy in wheelchair starts spinning around doing oh. the two-wheel thing he bit stitching up a guy with just i heart jazz yeah (laughs) that was a very yeah specific appendix surgery there (laughs) but those are all animation jokes Mm, yeah Yeah. and so right from a writer's perspective that's what they would have written in hey we have this thing and then here's a cutaway so i think the animation probably would have stepped in and been like actually this is how you animate the simpsons yeah this is how you construct a simpsons scene and this is you don't need to be so cynical guys you can actually let this scene run to its entirety well, I mean, even if it was just, like, Barney, because he's all well-dressed in that moment, if he just, like, yeah, did a spin and a bit of a dance and he just went yeah. from there to there, but, like, yeah, the whole, oh, this is a five-minute chip, uh, it's worth a Pabst, just, like, take that Pabst blue ribbon. Mm. Our sponsor for this week. <laughs> Pabst, when just, uh, fine. I listen to the Mountain Goats and so should you, so drink Pabst. <laughs> I'm a filthy hipster. 
<laughs> oh fuck yeah any other heart moments that stood out to y'all um a bit of anti-heart i really love is like honey everyone dies eventually remember yeah. your kitten snowball yeah well what i'm saying is we need to go down to the pound and get a new jasmine <laughs> uh, just her heartbreak <laughs> oh dad uh, but I, I like that it's homer genuinely trying but just gets lost halfway <laughs> yeah <laughs> I also love the moment from Maggie as well where, yeah, she sees Lisa and gives her the dummy and Lisa just, like, takes it. Thank you. Like, yeah, that's a really <laughs> sweet moment. It's and all then, she's got. And pays it off when giving it to Homer as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and as well where the next day where Lisa's, like, at the breakfast table, why won't it stop hurting? Mm-hmm. The score in this moment. Oh, my God. Simpsons ambient soundtrack and just score between scenes is so sorely lacking mm-hmm. from the modern era. This really sells the emotion. And, yeah. Ah. Yep, so good. Yeah. Also, Lisa mm-hmm. getting to take center stage and just own mm. it. Yeah. It's an off, like, there are episodes constructed around her soloing and stuff and that being a big deal, but her somehow having the confidence mm-hmm. to step forward and, and do a massive solo and take control of the scene. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. While the rest of the orchestra has their appendix out. <laughs> Legit. Yeah. <laughs> they were getting booed. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> hey, Springfield is a harsh place. We know that. Yeah. If you suck, I they're going to tell you. Why are so many of these parents turning up? Their kids are in hospital. (laughs) (laughs) They paid for those tickets. Yeah. Yeah. You got to think about it from the writers of a critic. Yeah, true, true. (laughs) This stinks. It stinks. (laughs) Uh, But ultimately, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Is this a show we know and love? Through a different reflective lens. Mm. Uh, But yes. It feels like it was guest directed by mm. like an episode of what is it NCIS or ER when it was yep. directed by yeah. <laughs> Tarantino, but it, it's definitely The Simpsons. Well, that's a crazy thing, actually. These two episodes that we've reviewed today, same director, Stephen Dean Moore. Really? Oh, that's like wild to think that. Yeah, he's... that's so interesting. Yeah, I mean, the previous episode had all that those color moments mm. within the you know computer generated Simpsons, so I guess that that tracks a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, the characters themselves. I don't think there's anything that's no, not no breaks them. there. No, mm. everything's consistent with the characters. Absolutely. Yeah, and just yeah, the loveliness in a Bart and Lisa getting along episode, mm-hmm. and yeah, and without it being the focus, it's just being the uh, subtext. Yeah, the natural resolution to mm. a relationship that started at the start. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, a rare moment where Lisa is on Bart's side from the get-go and like, because I I think normally she would be suspicious of him, like no matter what era of The Simpsons. And yeah, I think there's just a nice like brother-sister intuition or something going on there. Mm. Yeah, sibling intuition, sibluition, it's not a word. It is now. Yep. Anyway, yeah, that's pretty cut and dry, but yes or no, would you watch this one again? Yeah. Yes. Awesome, me too. In episodes we want to watch again, we want to think about what playlist they go in. Jazz. Jazz episodes. Bleeding on Murphy episodes. Yeah, so pair this, obviously, with... um. Oh, fuck, what's it called? Jazz. Moaning Lisa. Yep. Um, The season one episode. That's the other thing. When they cut back to just, like, update you on what episode mm-hmm. they're referencing... Fuck, it's a stark contrast in animation, isn't <laughs> it? Absolutely. <laughs> I never saw that first episode on TV. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, because yeah. it was, they started pulling those old episodes from circulation. Like season yeah. one and season two episodes did not see as much airplay as mm. post three up. Yeah, that absolutely. Was a weird moment I had with this episode where, you know, Lisa bumps into bleeding gums like, oh, it's been a long time. Like, you mean earlier this year? Because for <laughs> you, this has been, you're still eight. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> so within the Simpsons chronology, it hasn't been that long. But at the same time, yes, it has. Look, discussing time in the Simpsons is but a yeah, dangerous Yeah, also idea. in the Simpsons chronology, this is, yeah, 
a sixth of their run yeah. <laughs> between those two <laughs> also times. Also true. Uh, <laughs> playlist, The Hibbert Family. Ah, yeah. We get, once again, get a reference to um, just the extended family of Dr. Hibbert. True. Yeah, because that's right. He has that uh, brother in mm-hmm. uh, who's... At the uh, orphanage who yeah, tells Homer right. where Herb, Herb is living. And every now and then you get a little reference to Hibbert's bizarre family history huge family yeah yeah it's all been separated somehow yeah uh i'd add in bart gets sick or hospital visit episodes yeah definitely um fuck all i'm thinking of is the clip show where homer goes to hospital yeah that yeah. was the one i was kind of thinking of uh, there's also homer the kidney one with grandpa yeah, who once again is facing death yeah. <laughs> uh how about episodes with references that are technically quite uncomfortable however they still work as a scene specifically when they go to the cosby show and i like that bleeding gums doesn't even have lines on the show he's just standing there he yeah. looks awkwardly around <laughs> yeah. and it's like oh. and he's all like this is your grandpa it's like we already have three grandpas he's a jazz musician they're all jazz <laughs> musicians <laughs> well yeah i didn't actually know until much later but yeah bill cosby was a jazz drummer oh wow. um, oh really yeah Huh. And that's, I don't know if I've ever seen a full episode of The Cosby Show, but apparently, mm. yeah, he tried to integrate it in a lot. So and Good luck. And that, you know, the whole thing with, uh, you know, the kids today that listen to the rap music with the hippin' and the hoppin' and the bippin' and the boppin', so they don't know what the jazz is all about, is a bit we have quoted a lot, and then it got uncomfortable due to no fault of The Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a shame. It yeah, is, it but is. I still enjoy the bit. Also, Crusty uh, at the top of yeah. the episode. What is it? Ms. No means no? Yeah. yeah. It's like, that's uncomfortable now. Yeah. It's a weird way to start the episode. I don't know if I vibe with it. Yeah, I I don't know if I do either. I also, it reminds me of every time people are like, oh, The Simpsons got censored because of violence. And I'm like, yeah, Australian censors were dumb. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that got through every time. Yeah, it mm. was the 90s or whatever. Oh, yeah, uh, violence I, was bad. Sex I, is fine. Also do, like, say the, um when he's like, I'm surprised he doesn't blame it on his Perkadan addiction. Like, <laughs> that's got some Roseanne vibes. Oh, yeah. I don't know what Perkadan is. Oh, I don't know either, but she blamed her racist tweet on... It's a sleeping right. drug, right? On, uh, I can't remember what drug she blamed it on, but something. Mm. And it's like, yeah, that's a, that's a different context, not your fault. Yep. But, you know, no episode is perfect, and we'd like to explore what we'd like to change about them. So, BT, starting with you... What would you like to change about Round Springfield? Uh, just bits and pieces. Yeah, that crusty bit. I'm not sure where we're supposed to land. To be entirely fair, they do portray Krusty as being way more criminal in this one. Like later on, they've got that press conference with yeah. you know, all the problems. He's like, and I maintain those tourists were decapitated before they entered Krusty's house of knives. Yeah. So it kind of comes so ridiculous that it's all okay again. But yeah, a little weird. And uh, just that bit with Barney and Mo in the middle of the heart. It was like, why are you breaking up the heart moment? Mm. Uh, outside of that, I don't have a lot of complaints on this one. There are certain screws you could tighten, but uh, overall, it's it's pretty good. What about you, Chris? What would you like to change? I think it feels a little too cynical for an episode that hangs mm. itself around heart as a concept. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's not a laugh a second sort of episode, uh, like we've seen in previous Simpsons episodes, like um, You Only Move Twice, mm-hmm. where the focus is, like, amazing improv, amazing visual yeah. comedy, like, go, 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 go. Mm. This sort of hangs itself, and it's season six, so it's it's deeper into the series, as a, a heart episode. This is going to build towards a, an emotional climax, and our young characters are the, the prime sources of that. Just feels a little cynical. Mm-hmm. Um, things like having to make Krusty such a villain is like mm. well do we need to do that do we need to bring in those like sexual yeah. harassment lawsuit thing yeah 
Well, especially because I don't, it doesn't make sense in the context of a kids' show, and that also their sponsors Perkadan, like that. I felt like the joke kind of was a bit laboured in that way mm. as well. Yeah, it just felt I don't know for me cynical, uh, and so I I would brighten those moments up. Maybe instead of Wiggum getting like struck by the gas, which just just that tiny bit feels a bit off. Like it just mm. needs to be a little brighter. I don't know uh, something. Well, yeah, I think he was outside the Quickie Mart as well. So if like you just saw Snake fucking bailing out of there with the squishy machine or something, yeah, like... yeah, he's meant to be... the joke they're making is he's so distracted by the jazz that he doesn't, you know, no one cares about anything else going on. Yeah, so you can do that without poison gas. I do kind of like him passing out, just going, "Oh, oh boy." Yeah, <laughs> I-, I love the visual gag of it. Yeah. I just feel I don't know. But yeah, when you think about it, it's like, "That's uh, what are we doing here?" Yeah, yeah, I don't have much, too much more to add to that. And I guess, I don't know, the heads in the clouds thing, you could, but I like it the way it is. Like, yeah, there's a lot of this episode that I like. So, yeah, those sort of, yeah, bummer moments sort of are a bit more grating because of that. It's like, oh, damn, it's so close. Yeah, that's about all I've got to add to that. Uh, guest stars. So, yeah, of course, mentioned before Dan Higgins on the sax. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ron Taylor returning for his second performance of Bleeding Gums Murphy. Uh, so he was an actor uh, um, that tragically passed away in 2002 at the age of 49. Ooh. But yeah, he also had big roles in Star Trek Deep Space Nine and Twin Peaks. Oh, he was the Deep Space Nine guy? Mm. Yeah. And uh, Steve Allen is returning for his second appearance on The as Simpsons. Steve Allen. As, yeah. As Steve Allen. Yeah. Inventor this of a, the Pog. This is a bit that <laughs> confuses me, and yet I still find it really funny. Yeah, I think this is... Yeah, it's something about the wackiness here where mm. it's such a specific person that is so, yeah. like, foreign to us. Like, he was the first host of The Tonight Show before Carson, you know? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's such a specific reference, but, you know, he seems game to make fun of himself. That's the thing. It's got the energy to still be funny, even though I don't really get it. So mm. why he's got all these books about himself, I don't know, but it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. sort of New York cynicism. Mm. That's that's what I mean. Mm. Yeah. Through New York. Through New York yeah. for me. <laughs> I'm but- Simpson and over here. <laughs> But yeah, Steve Allen's first appearance in The Simpsons was during separate vocations where mm-hmm. Bart was imagining him testifying in court as an adult. And it's like Bart's re- voice replaced with the voice of Steve Allen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ay, <laughs> <laughs> <Ay>, caramba. <laughs> and of course, we get a bit of heart, man. We got Phil yeah. Hartman playing Lionel Hutz in this. And yeah. I didn't know this until I was doing the research for this episode. The lawyers, that his crack team that he introduces, <laughs> their names are a play on the defense lawyers for the OJ case. Oh, really? Oh. And then they all drive away in a uh, white, white Bronco. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's it. I didn't get that at all. I just like how he's got one of them. And his reason for being there is he can fit three billion balls in his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's his specialty. So that guy's been in The Simpsons before as well. Yeah, I can't yeah. quite remember when. Anyway, that's uh, the guest stars. Uh, it's time for final notes. Uh, Chris, have you got final notes? I really like the the cynicism. See, I'm flip flopping, <laughs> right? But I, I in this moment of uh, comic book when when the price is boosted from two fifty to five hundred, yeah, that's that's nice kind of cynicism. Oh, he's dead. Why didn't you say so? Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, oh, fantastic. No, subverts it. That's just that's some nice stuff there. I, I like that. It's, it's a nice moment. No, oh, absolutely. Uh, and uh, BT, do you have any final notes? Of course I do. George Washington Carver was the man who chopped up George Washington. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Willie teaching French. Bonjour! Yeah. This has its own subsection in Wikipedia <laughs> titled Cheese Eaten Surrender Monkeys. Really? Because uh, right, he says that at the end, yeah. Yeah. 
Apparently, it just entered the lexicon uh, far and wide. Yep. Uh, Dr. Nick, when he's all like, okay, just breathe backwards and count to three and you'll be in a nice slumber. Oh, wait, maybe I fiddle with these knobs. <laughs> oh, what smells like gas? Happy gas. Maybe. It doesn't make sense that Hibbert's also not fainting <laughs> no. over butt, but that's just a horrifying <laughs> thing, falling under the anesthetic and the doctor collapsing on you. Yeah, just Dr. Nick in general. Also, it's a rare time where Dr. Nick and Hibbert are working together yeah. for some yeah, reason. Yeah, I noticed that. And yeah. let's, of course, not forget Dr. Cheeks. He's doing his rounds and uh, he's a little behind. Classics. <laughs> uh, I had a pog of that. Really? Of yeah. Dr. Cheeks? <laughs> yeah, of Dr. Cheeks. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> wow. Feels like they wouldn't make that anymore. It's a rarity. Yeah, right. It's a collector's item. Yeah, because they don't, they don't show Bart's butt on TV no. anymore. No. When Lisa stops brushing her teeth, she can sound like bleeding gums. That's just got some heart right there. Yeah. Yep. Brush your teeth, kids. Yep. <laughs> Death! That's just Maggie. Oh, I'm sorry. Death! Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, okay, and that's another one where, like, I'd understand if people got annoyed of that scene, mm. but then that he pops up back in the backyard and <laughs> just, just staring at the birth up. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, we welcome to Mole Man in the Morning. Good Mole Man, mole man to you. And again, <laughs> uh, what is a miserable joke? Because he's yeah. like, now, part 13 of the miserable atrocity that is my life, or whatever. It's like, I don't know why I'm laughing at this man's misery, but it's funny. Small man. Exactly. Uh, just the ultimate pog is funny as hell. Yeah. And then, you know, the heart moment of back and forth between the pog and the album and Lisa and pog and album. Is dun, dun, dun. Yeah. It's laying it on thick, but it, um, yeah, it works. then Bart does the reveal quickly. Like, you know where it's going. Yeah, yeah, like, you yeah. don't have to hold on it at all. And then uh, I think a bit that both you and I only noticed on this watch through was the jazz uh, radio station out the front has the sign that says, <laughs> 152 Americans can't be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I've always fucking hated that when advertising do that. Yeah. yeah. 20,000 of our customers can't be wrong. And I'm like, yes, they can. It's, they <laughs> absolutely can. <laughs> there are large groups of people with bad opinions mm -hmm. but yeah that just pulling focus on that um yeah i don't really have any other notes other than yeah because you're talking before you know yardley smith you know she mm. works well in songs when she has limited vocal range yep. much like billy holiday who mm. apparently bleeding gums murphy has a date with i mean nice. yeah uh, yeah and similarly you know she only had like a just a little over an octave range but she is the fucking one of the most mm. best singers of all time and yeah she knew how to use what she had yeah yeah billy holiday's great go check out that documentary and just get pissed off at the u.s government all right it's time to rank this thing uh chris why don't you take charge and lead this one what would you like to rank it i'm gonna place it in gold thank you very much nice big old gold big old gold uh what? it's a great app and uh it uh it's got the right heart yep even if it feels like it's through mm. a weird uh, new yorky lens yep uh bt yeah, I'm going to go gold as well. It's a great episode. I don't really have a lot of things I want to fix about it, but I agree with Chris that it's just this vibe that it's just a little bit off-center for what The Simpsons usually is that keeps it from being essential. Um, that said, yeah, fantastic. Really enjoyed it. Yep, I'm there as well. It's not far from being a cubic. That's mm. kind of that's like kind of thing. the shame, but like this is one that's always had an odd feeling for me, but yeah, it's definitely mm. not a silver. It, it is it just packed full of so many memorable bits that do live yeah. in my brain and so we are giving this the gold finger oh. <laughs> sorry you I apologize you had to do it apologize <laughs> all right guys that does it for season six Woo. to fucking 25 episodes we have finished it 
So season six got an average score of a dull cubic zirconia. Ooh, um, nice. It's currently tied with season seven for having the most cubic zirconias given out of any season. Mm-hmm. And the best episodes of the season were... Treehouse of Horror 5, Lisa on Ice, Home of Badman, Grandpa vs. Sexual Inadequacy, Home of the Great, and Maggie Makes 3, Bard's Comic, Bard vs. Australia, Lisa's Wedding, 2001, Greyhounds, The PTA Disbands, The Springfield Connection, Where March Becomes a Cop, Lemon of Troy, and Who Shot Mr. Burns Part 1. <sighs> and the season low, and the reason that season 6 is sitting in number 3 on our best season count is another Simpsons clip show. Yep, clip yep. shows always tank it. Yeah, but especially this one, which is our worst clip show because mm. it is so poorly put together it's the romance one for mm. those that don't remember it not even the simpsons writers like it or want to acknowledge it they credit that the writer is pennywise um <laughs> the dancing woof. clown mm. i i didn't know about the the writing credit that is yeah. uh yeah the commentary of it they're like kind of embarrassed that they even had to do this one yeah Jeez. and it's so annoying because if that wasn't a factor because that yeah got a shiny failure from our mm-hmm. panel if that wasn't a factor, season six would easily be the best season. Mm. And like, it's my personal favorite because of that. And I'm always like conflicted because it should be the best season, yeah. but you do got to take the season on, as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But I mean, other than that, obviously fucking amazing season. And yeah, glad to cap it off with you guys today with this. Yeah. Not yeah. perfect, but excellent still episode. Because mm-hmm. yeah, even the golds of fucking season six are still great. You know, A Star is Burns and Bart's Girlfriend. Mm-hmm. What are the doll, doll cubics? Oh, Bart of Darkness. That's one where <laughs> I was so mad at the other person on the panel for giving that a gold. It's that rare is... when I can literally tell you're trying to sway them up from their gold. You're like, yes. <sighs> so just as a reminder, uh, scale goes to cubic zirconia. Yeah. <laughs> this well, is... I think there's an argument for actually all the dull cubics in this one to be full. I mean, uh, there often is. But... Yeah, Homie the Clown. That's another Ooh, one where I was Yeah, like... I saw that online on, on your Twitter. Yeah. And uh, absolutely, that, that to me is cubic yeah that's a perfect mm. episode god damn you philip wolf <laughs> um and homer versus patty and selma i can kind of get that um and also we we're talking about one good thing before uh itchy and scratchy land got a dull cubic as mm. well that was a 50 50 anyway well, thanks og team thanks og team <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh that about does the simpsons index for this week thank you guys for joining us live in the studio i know ah, within slapping distance <laughs> and i didn't even need to get slapped today how, how okay. it's still too far away for me to be bothered but... <laughs> need to <Yeah. laughs> want to yeah Oh, sure let's <laughs> <laughs> now give me a taste <laughs> now all three <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and now the friends claps. Um, Chris. Yeah. What you doing, man? Where? Who are you? Where are you going? <laughs> uh, I, I'll tell you where, where are you. What are you doing? I'm going to an award ceremony this afternoon. Yeah. Uh, what for? for your award-nominated podcast. podcast. And- exactly. Roll to cast. R O L E to cast. We are a tabletop role-playing actual play where we play different tabletop role-playing games each season. We are experimenting uh, with different game runners and Mm -hmm. we have professional actors, a composer for each season. So there's an original soundtrack Mm -hmm. and 
we uh, play in different systems. The system that's coming up is the hot new show on Netflix, The Witcher. Mm. So if you like the world of The Witcher and you love role-playing games, or maybe you have never tried a role-playing game and D&D isn't really your jam, mm-hmm. check out Roll to Cast. And if you do love role-playing games and D&D is your, is your jam, come check out Roll to Cast. <laughs> There's oh, literally wonderful. no excuse not to. Literally none. <laughs> if you don't even know what role-playing games are, come check it out because mm. we just tell cool stories anyway. Yeah. No, it's been absolutely wonderful, yeah, watching, like, because, yeah, obviously it came through you guys through Shut Up and Take My Podcast, mm-hmm. uh, the Australian Futurama podcast, and just seeing how you guys have evolved the brand and moved mm-hmm. onto the YouTube with the Let's Plays as well and everything. Uh, I'd still love to see the rest of the Donkey Kong Country playthrough. So but... do I. <laughs> hey, go to Baby Beard Media on YouTube and watch the Donkey Kong series, because I want to finish it, and Sean does as well. Yeah, no, absolute great time, and yeah, absolutely love your work. And thanks, man. Yeah, always mm-hmm. love working with you as well. Um, Likewise, the podcast that is also a spreadsheet, love it. <laughs> love it today. It's an honor to have your names gracing our spreadsheet. <laughs> and BT, what are we doing? Well, we're doing a lot of things. You can go to patreon.com slash sidequest studios if you want to pay for those things, or just any podcast you want if you don't. You can check us out on what's our other show? God, bless my brain for a second there. <laughs> you can check us out on Thrones of Game, the Game of Thrones podcast where we watch the series backwards, and it is now completely. Elliot J. O'Neill is now the only man in the world to have ever seen Game of Thrones, but only backwards. Mm. So that's an amazingly fun show. I had a great time doing that one. I miss it. I genuinely do. Our other, other podcast is Pulp Fury Radio. This is our scripted podcast where we take pulp genres and tell original radio plays with some uh, amazing actors and great folly work that we all directed and did ourselves. Uh, highly, very, highly recommend and very proud of it all. One day I'm just going to write a goddamn <laughs> script for how to plug that fucking show. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a lot to mention. I get it every time. <laughs> it's a lot to mention and go through, and uh, it's not the easiest one to pitch. But yeah, there's five different stories across a range of genres, sci-fi, mm-hmm. horror, mystery, noir. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was an absolute fun time to make. And Chris has been on a few of yeah. those episodes as well. And my favorite podcast listening moment is Pop Fury. Oh, uh, the, the noir story is my is my favorite podcast. Uh, oh, wow. podcasting moments to be as a as a listener oh, i was walking around i was like i could only experience this in podcast it's <laughs> a delight so go listen to it everyone mm-hmm. oh thanks man and yeah uh thank you all for listening as well and yeah once again uh the patreon for five bucks you can unlock over 40 podcasts that we've uh, 40. uh got going there if you can't get enough of us and yeah that about does it for the simpsons index for this week once again thank you so much chris thank you very much for having me bt thank you as always death and i've been your host elliot j o'neill that's all the mustard in the house thank you for listening to the simpsons index podcast which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com you can chat to us online at facebook.com slash the simpsons index or at simpsons index on twitter and instagram and now please stay tuned for the bonus scenes uh it was only mustard okay I've been playing mustard all these years. (laughs) (laughs) That was a better ending. We should have used that one. All right. I have waveforms. Waveforms? Waveforms. Hey, it's me. It's my voice (laughs) on TV. You're ruining the moment. Sorry. (laughs) All right. Pod stretches. Yep. (sighs) Gotta get the... I've forgotten all my tongue twisters all of a sudden. Um, Halle Berry's hairy belly. There we go. That's a classic. That's a good one. Halle Berry's hairy belly. Paranoid android and a Panama Canal. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? The thistle sifter? Uh, the os- I always do six, 
six thick thistle sticks. Ah, uh, uh, that's a good one. I like uh, 66 swizzle sticks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I uh, have articulatory agility. <laughs> and I am not a pheasant fucker. Mm-hmm. It's just a face. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just... I, that's, now, let me speak, say words instead of a bunch of straining sounds. Uh, it's no, not- no, those were good. Do more of them. <laughs> there we go. That's how Trust McGinnell got that job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what the fuck was I going to say now? Yeah, um, Al Jean and Mike Reese, who were not the showrunners for this season. Yeah. Sorry, it is all good, right? Sorry, you keep looking over there and I'm like, because that's no, not in my I'm field just, of view. My direct like comfort straight ahead is at nothing. So it's kind of an effort to tilt either direction. And sometimes I overcompensate. So <laughs> just like, how are you, computer? Okay, that's good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And I just like looking at things, <laughs> uh, particularly things that go make little wave sounds. Yeah. Mm.